0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Pages and Popcorn Podcast. I'm your host, Kalia, and remember, this is the podcast where we talk about movies based on books as well as the original source material. I'm joined in each episode by one of my friends, co-hosts, fellow book and movie nerds, and we're going to get into it, the themes, the changes, and basically ask the question and try to answer which one, if either, is worth your time. Sometimes in neither, sometimes both, depends on the subject. Speaking of our episodes, you can hear all of our past episodes if you go to kmmamedia.com. Just click on that Pages and Popcorn link. We have quite a back catalog. Two warnings before the show starts. Yes, we have an explicit content warning. I do sometimes curse. Also, we will be spoiling the endings of both book and movie. Some of these have been around for a while, some of them are more new, but we do want to be able to discuss all of the themes, and that includes plot points, and that includes the endings. Okay, that's the end of the intro. Let's get into this episode of the Pages and Popcorn Podcast. It's Pages and Popcorn, it's Pages and Popcorn, it's Pages. And popcorn, it's pages, and popcorn. First we read the book, yeah, yeah. Then it's movie time,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Now it's time to talk,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And you know we're feeling fine, yeah, yeah. Cause 'Cause it's it's pages, pages and popcorn. and popcorn. popcorn, it's pages, and popcorn. Hello and welcome to the Pages and Popcorn podcast. Today I am joined with Cynthia. How are you, Cynthia? I'm good. Thank you. And Cynthia and I will be talking about a man called Uwe, also known as a man called Otto. So, a man called Uwe. Ova. Well, that's our first thing because in the Swedish thing, they say Uwe, don't they?
1: No, they say Ova. I just watched it last night.
0: Ova? No. Ova? No. Ova.
1: Ova or Uva. But Uva. It's, not, it's definitely not E at the end. Uve.
0: No. Ove?
1: It's Uva or Ova. Ova. Okay. Well, <laughs> <so> today,
0: <laughs> Um. I was going to watch the Swedish film. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone. So, a man named Ove. Ova. Ove, Ova okay. Now I'm, I'm all thrown off. In Swedish, it's Un man son heter uva i Uh you know what i'm gonna just fail a man named o and (laughs) okay i'm sorry but on this this thing right here that i'm looking at the pronunciation says O with the little thing slash v e with
1: the little thing on top of the e okay but i listened to the audiobook and i watched the swedish and it was both uva or ova ova
0: ova 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 ova
1: okay okay a man called ova it took me a while to get used to as well which
0: some people pronounce as ov or some people pronounce as uve or some yes. people pronounce as ove we're gonna try real hard to say ova yes it's going to be difficult i'm warning you all now i will mess up <laughs> anyways this is a book that was written by friedrich bachmann and it was published in 2012 and then it was published in english in 2013 It was on the bestsellers list. Then it was adapted to be a film, a Swedish film, which was in 2015, which Cynthia watched, but I did not. More on that in a second. And then it was changed to an American film, changed the name to Otto, which is easier to pronounce for us English speakers. And it came out at the very end of 2022 with wide release in 2023. So we are going to be discussing the book that... Translated into English. Neither one of us read it in or listened to it in Swedish. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) And then the Tom Hanks 2022 slash 2023 American film, Otto. Cynthia, like I said, watched the other one. I meant to watch the other one. And then I thought, no, let's save that as us watch it and uh, make a supplemental episode about just the Swedish film. So She's nodding over there, so we'll see if we can do that, and then we'll kind of maybe plop that in at some point. It won't be a full episode with like a whole recap, but maybe we can just kind of like circle back and, and talk about it a little
1: bit. It's worth it.:
0: Yes, I mean, everything that I read and I read a lot about both films and the book, of course, I am disappointed that I ran out of time. Unfortunately, though, I've ran out of time. That, that is literally <laughs> what happened. I had to make some choices, and that was not the choice I made. But anyways. Like I said, we're going to talk about the book. So, here is my recap of the book. It's a little long because there's a lot that happens in this book. uh, But my recap for the American movie will be shorter because I'm basically (laughs) going to say it's pretty much the same. And here is a list of differences. And then Cynthia and I will talk about what we thought about those changes and why we thought they made them. And then the themes of both and whether the themes were the same and what we can learn from them and like all that other stuff. So, Settle in folks. Here is our book recap for the Swedish book, A Man Called Ova. You know the other thing Good job. she said is that I I know it's it's called a man called. Mm-hmm. In my head, it's a man named.
1: And yes. I don't know why. I and I, I just, know. Okay, you did that too? Did you yes? Okay. I think it's because colloquially we would say a man named and not a man called.
0: Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so here is book recap of a man called Ova. (laughs) I'm going to hesitate every time. (laughs) The book tells us two stories in parallel. First, we have the present day where Ova is an old curmudgeon man who does daily inspections of his neighborhood. You know, people aren't putting the trash in the right place. People aren't parking in the right place. You got to have a permit. He's generally grumpy. He's the sort to quibble about the right way, his way of doing things versus the wrong, new, different ways of doing things, you know, and he's always right. He's planning on killing himself because his wife, Sonia, has been dead for six months and he has just been forced to retire from his job. He doesn't like his neighbors. There's this overweight young man named Jimmy. Anders lives across the street and has a blonde girlfriend who's very tall and has an annoying little yappy dog. And Ova has named her the blonde weed, which is funny. He has an on-again, off-again friendship slash enemy sort of relationship with another neighbor named Rune, who's very, very old now and sick and is being taken care of by, by his wife, Anita. Their son, Christopher, has moved far away and never visits. The other timeline is the story of Ova before he becomes an old man. His mother died when he was eight. His father was the strong, silent type with a very tight moral code, and he taught Ova, What it meant to be a man and how to fix cars, especially the Saab, and that hard work is paramount. Together they worked at the railroads and we get lots of bits about how they were honest and respected, etc. But then his father dies I'm on the railroads, and Ova must make his own way in the world at age 16. The white shirt bureaucracy is the evil antagonist in all of Ova's life, basically, and it starts off here. It kind of screws him over in terms of his job and his dad's job and compensation, but Ova soldiers on, except he can't actually be a soldier. He's got a medical condition. So he continues living one day to the next with nothing really to look forward to. It's a very bleak existence. He works for the railroads. Eventually, he works construction so he can learn how to build a house, and he builds a very nice house. And the house is on a line on a map. And while there's some white shirt bureaucracy nonsense, these men are trying to get him to sell, but he won't. He gets swindled by a white shirt wearing insurance con man. And so when his house burns down in a fire, maybe not an accidental fire, by the way, he's left with nothing. Also about that fire, he has a choice and he ultimately lets his house burn down because he chooses to rescue his neighbor instead of fighting the fire because that is the kind of man that he is. Anyway, his life, as he would say, is colorless, etc. for years and years. And there he is. Then he meets Sonia. She is beautiful and lovely and has her own strong and silent type father who accepts Ova eventually over the bonding of cars and both love and Sonia. And Sonia is a reader and she's very close to being a manic pixie dream girl, but is slightly more subdued and uh, like the more saintly version. She teaches kids that society is given up on. She loves Ova, despite him being really, really broody and very drab. She's all the color in his life. He loves her dearly. She gets pregnant after they've been married for a while. And then there's a bus crash. She loses the baby. She becomes paralyzed. In another example of how Ova keeps getting screwed over by the white-shirted bureaucracies, the bus people won't take responsibility. Then the hospital people are unkind. And then the city won't build ramps. And Sonia won't be able to get to her classroom, et cetera, et cetera. So Ova steps up and does all that he can for her. And of course, she stays lovely and beautiful and tragic, but happy and kind, et cetera. She was all the color in his life, and then she got cancer and died, and all the color in his life went away. So now he just wants to commit suicide in peace and go be with her. But, and here we are in the present day story, everything keeps getting in the way of his suicide plans. There are a bunch of times when he is this close to killing himself, but something always comes up. The first thing is the arrival of his new neighbors. Parvana is a pregnant Iranian woman, her husband, the lanky one, as Ova calls him, and their two young daughters. They barge into Ova's life and ask for help, bring him food, generally worm their ways into his heart. The kids are cute. The lanky one is very helpless. And Parvana gives him all of his shit right back and doesn't put up with his butterings. There are several adorable instances and interactions, and Ova starts to thaw towards everyone. Again, about the suicides, he's trying multiple times, including jumping in front of a train, but then he sees the young man driving the train and realizes he can't traumatize that young man for life by killing himself right in front of him. He also rescues another man who's fallen on the tracks and is an apathetic hero, and this bit of notoriety will come into play in a little bit. Anyway, the reader is thawing to Ova because we're getting the backstory and Ova is thawing to everyone, including Rune, that frenemy, and he helps him out. And then Jimmy, the overweight young man who it turns out that Ova and Rune had rescued from an abusive stepfather type figure years and years ago. Oh, and the neighborhood cat had also adopted Ova or maybe he's adopted the cat. And, you know, it's all very sweet. While all this is going on, more white-shirted men from the dreaded bureaucracy are trying to get Rune out of his house. There's one dude in particular who seems to delight in not obeying Ova's signs about not driving in their area and parking without a permit, etc. As Ova thaws, he becomes more grantly and grumbly open to the others for example adrian is a 20-something who wants to fix a bite that ova initially dismisses as being just a troublemaking youngster however he soon learns that adrian wants to fix the bike for his girlfriend and this kind of resonates because how ova liked a girl and wanted to do stuff for her the kid by the way is working multiple jobs and of course that ova respects so he decides to help the kid out while visiting him at the restaurant where he works ova encounters Mursad, who is adrian's co-worker and is gay Later on, Mersad is thrown out of his house by his homophobic father, and Ova reluctantly lets him stay over for a while. And then later, Ova goes to the father and intercedes on Mursad's behalf, and that relationship gets fixed. Finally, he and the whole neighborhood band together to help Rune stay in his home and send the white shirts packing. Anders, by the way, the neighbor across the street, runs a towing company, and so they were able to tow the car. It's all very wonderful, and the blogger from that train rescue incident is also helpful. Everything comes full circle. Everybody's useful in their own way. And Ova decides to not kill himself. He's fully bonded with his neighbors and made his peace with everyone. He's still a grumpy grandpa, but, you know, he's definitely more lovable. Also, Jimmy, the overweight dude, falls in love with Mursad and they get married and they have a baby. A few years go by and he dies, but it's okay because he leaves Parvana and her family money, etc. And he will be reunited with Sonia at last. And a new family moves into his old house and life goes on. That was the book. That was. It was a heck of a recap. Okay, so then they did the Swedish movie, which we're not going to talk about until the supplemental, but then they made the American movie. And the American movie is pretty much the same, but with some notable exceptions. I'm going to just do a laundry list right now, and then we can come back and talk about them and why they matter. Some of them don't matter. Some of them do. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are the things that stuck out to me. And Cynthia, if there are changes that I don't mention that you think are important, please let me know. Okay. First off, the ethnicity of everybody Is different because we're not in Swedish. It's not about Saab versus whatever the other one was. It's about Ford driving whatever the other one was. I am not a car person. Both times I saw this movie in the theater, I leaned over and asked the people sitting next to me what the other cars
1: were, and both times people told me, and both times I completely forgot immediately because I'm not a car person. I think it was Chevy. He was into forty. He was into Ford, and then the other and Runa was into or whatever Runa's american Rube. name was is oh into ruben Sh- ruben yeah. into chevy chevy yeah and
0: then of course he didn't like japanese cars and he called somebody's car like an electronic toaster or something <laughs> i mean you know he had opinions yeah. about cars so okay which okay fine and you get some of this changes being because you know it's an american movie the iranian neighbors are now mexican or south american neighbors so yeah. that is something we're going to talk about. They're Hispanic in some way, form. Another difference, the way that Ova and Sonia meet is different. The movie tells us nothing about Ova's father or his mother, about him building the house, working on the railroads, the fire, etc. cetera. All of that is cut out. Basically, all the flashbacks are just Sonia on, which I think goes to speak to the themes, but we'll talk about it in a second. Another difference is that the past Ova is a little bit more dynamic and friendly. He's socially awkward, but he's less of a kind of curmudgeon, young curmudgeon blank (laughs) slate the way he was uh, in the book. So also in the movie, we don't have a backstory for Jimmy about his abusive stepfather figure. There's no happy ending for him either. Speaking of Jimmy and his thwarted gay love, which is always sad. Adrian and Mursad, um are consolidated into the single character of Malcolm in the movie. So Malcolm is also a 20-something-year-old male with a bike that Otto, not Ove, Otto, originally underestimates. However, in this version, Malcolm, unlike Adrian, is trans, which has him feeling that role of that younger queer character in the narrative. And Malcolm continues to function like Mersad later in the story because once his dad kicks him out of the house for being trans in this case, Otto allows the guy to stay over, but there is no parental reconciliation. There's no romance with Jimmy. None of that. And we never see him move out. We assume that he eventually moves out of Otto's house, but we don't actually see it. Uh, Ovio has a fight with a hospital clown in both versions, but they are instigated differently and they do very different character development work. We'll discuss it. There were some other very mild changes like buying rope instead of screws as to start off with, you know, his curmudgeonly. Forced retirement versus choosing to take a severance is a little quibble. And all, of course, all the names, Rune versus Ruben, Otto versus Ove, etc. In the movie, the big bad is the evil real estate agents. And there's this whole subplot of them basically spying on the people in the neighborhood and very doing very underhanded things to get the people out of their homes. It's much less about a pattern of white-shirted bureaucracy men screwing Ove over. So it is a different antagonist, but it takes away some of the classist aspects that the book had. The book had classist overtones and the movie did not. And also every time in the movie where he attempts to commit suicide, that's where we get the flashbacks. Then they tell us the Sonia story. That's the only thing we get about his past. And she sort of appears to him a few times. Uh, like he kind of sees her vague shape. It sounds like she's talking to him. It's heavily applied, at least to me, that she's up in heaven conspiring to keep him alive and give him a decent life and also the flashbacks often have the older present-day version of otto briefly appear in their sequences which blurs the lines a bit more to indicate how consumed otto is by memories in the book i didn't mention this in my recap but ove has a moment where he's gonna electrocute a dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they took that out of the movie I'm not we'll sure how,
1: how how serious he was about actually doing it I thought it was more of an empty threat I mean okay he, he's like he's mad about this dog peeing on his
0: paving stones so he goes and he gets corrugated iron and he lays it out and he like puts a thing in it with so basically once the dog pees on it it's going to get electrocuted he builds a whole that's thing true. that's true and then as he's sitting there being like he, he, he look what i built he looks over and the cat which in my opinion is basically sonia right. is like mm, i don't know man and then he's like fine stupid cat i guess i won't murder the dog yeah. and he takes the thing apart so uh okay yeah, yeah. that's true yeah yeah they took that whole bit out of the movie, which is good because I think it would have been it would have been difficult to translate. Yeah. The book was definitely darker in parts and funnier in other parts. Oh, and the reason why he doesn't let the train hit him is important. Those were different too. In yeah. the book, it's very clear that he didn't want the train to hit him because he didn't want to traumatize another person. Right. He didn't want the family, the new family with the little girls to find his body, things like that. He was thinking about other people even as he was yeah. thinking about his suicide. In the movie, it's more like oh I guess I won't do it now or oh maybe this isn't right or Sonia interceding on his you know and and coming in right was what stopped him most of the time so did you have any other big changes and then of course we can go through them
1: it was really close I mean the, the the movie except for like the Americanized changes versus the book were I mean very very similar you you could very easily point to each section in the movie and go, yes, this is this part of the book. So I want to hit up some of these changes and talk
0: about, because what I think one of the biggest changes was the important themes in the book. It is a story about a man who had this codependent relationship, but he also had a tragic life. His whole life was tragic. And then Sonia, and then she went away and then there was tragedy with her. But she was there to, like, live through it with him. And then she dies. And now he's alone again. And he's constantly sees himself as being, if you're not careful, they're going to get you. You know, like, that kind of a thing. His whole yeah. thing is, that, is to protect himself because the bureaucracy, cashiers, people, everybody's
1: out to get Ovo. Ova. Ovo. Ovo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. This man. Well, yeah, but, like... In, in both scenarios, you have this person who lost his mother and was left with a father who was obviously distant, who loving, very loving, but, but not talkative or, you know, communicative very much. And they only have this bond through like car engines and the train system that he worked for. And so when the dad dies, he gets stunted. The way I read it is that he doesn't grow past those, those life lessons that his, the dad taught, like the, the kid. And mm-hmm. so he gets so stuck in that mentality of, nope, this is right. This is what my dad told me is right. And this is what my dad told me is wrong is that he's grumpy because he was never able to grow his own ideas outside of that.
0: Yeah. And and it's a fascinating story and it's sad and it's dark and it's, it's interesting the movie is telling a different story. Yeah. The movie is about a man who is going through the grief process of losing his wife. But because we don't have anything else about him before Sonia, really at all, mm-hmm. it's just pre-Sonia, or it's just with Sonia and then without Sonia. And also I think, and I think this is a little bit of the casting, Tom Hanks is is grumpy, but he's not. Really grumpy. Like there's still a America's sweetheart. Eyes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: And so you know, you're like, eh, okay, like you don't, I don't you don't really yeah. buy the the tragedy of it as much. Like this is a man who's experienced one big loss in his life and is going through something, yeah, for sure, but it's not the same. And you know, in the in the movie, there is a catharsis moment where he Marisol because it's not parvana right it's not parvana yes they make her hispanic and her name is marisol and she gets real mad at him and calls him on his stuff and whatever and 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 then he he opens up and shares with her which is that that cathartic moment didn't really happen in the book because she was already sort of aware of what was going on she didn't need it spelled out for her and that changes pretty dramatically like how he's going to heal so in both cases, we have Cat Sonia, Angel, Sonia coming down and helping him out. But the theme of the white-shirted bureaucracies is such a very clear class thing because Ovo and his dad are working class. They are poor. These people do not have a lot of money. It's not about, a, a, no, there's like very little education happening here. Mm-hmm. It's all about the hard work that you put in with your hands, like real work, man, man, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. And the bureaucracy's out to get you. They're going to
1: like, somebody's going to draw a line on a map and now your house yeah. d- has to get you're, destroyed. You're insignificant to the bureaucracy. Now Swedes have universal healthcare. So there's the, also the whole thing that for Runa, he's being taken away because some um, universal health, healthcare bureaucracy is saying, you know, sorry, you can't take care of this guy anymore. We're taking him off to the government ran facility in the American version. That's why they changed it to a real estate agency because we don't have universal healthcare and they had to figure something out. Like, why are they going to take this guy out of here?
0: Universal healthcare sounds all well and good in Sweden though. The place where they were taking him was not an eye, like a, not a good place. Right. Like you know, this was, this is like one of those, you know, we institutionalize people and it's bad. It's it's right. not a happy place that they're taking him. So that's why we have to make it the evil, the evil real estate developers, which is, I got to say, it's not, I wouldn't go as far as to say lazy writing, but it is lowest common. Nobody yeah. likes
1: real estate developers. <laughs> like and the name, do you remember the name that they used? It die was... America. <laughs> yeah, it was die and mer- not america but it was america m-e-r-i-c-k-a yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but it sounded like die in america yeah
1: exactly and
0: you know and and obviously the the bureaucracy there were bad they were still parking in the wrong place they were mean and it was creepy they got into they just touched on this thing where these people these real estate people have found out information about everybody we know the status of your heart we know your medical information I mean, you could have very easily seen them taking this in a way of like a quasi big brother, you know, yeah. th- of the government. Somebody's watching you. The corporations have it out for you right. or whatever. They didn't really go that far because, you know, we have to keep it very light and, and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, we take away from the class aspect because it's not really about that. It's not about the working class blue collar guy finally getting one over the white-shirted white-collar bureaucracies at the end like it is in the book in the in the movie because we've taken that out it's definitely more about Sonia Cat helping Otto you know connect with all his neighbors and teamwork making the dream work they came together you know which is great it's great
1: but he was literally holding the cat on his lap while the climatic scene happened right you know it's a found i mean the whole book and movie is a found family trope that's Mm -hmm. like the whole thing and so yes you know the climax is is the found family coming together and and overcoming the great obstacle which you know is the white collar jerks yes But okay, so let's talk about
0: the ethnicity, because I know we saw this in the theater. We tried not to talk to each other about it,
1: (laughs) but I know that that bothered you. It did bother me because, I mean, I understand that they made the decision that, you know, a a Hispanic family moving across the street would trigger more of a response than a um, Iranian family moving across the street. Because people have, you know, prejudices against large Hispanic families being loud or, you know, messing up the place or whatever. But I still think that, A, they could have still stayed the same ethnicity. And I think it changes, it changes the story. She was Iranian. Like, she came from a war-torn country. She she was Parvana. She's not Marisol. <laughs> Which, okay, so...
0: I, I'm a a little conflicted. On the one hand, I think there's plenty of racism in the US to go around for all ethnicities. And they definitely could have left them as an Iranian family. And people still would have been like, and like, bought in or or at least understood where he was like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we're not racist. We don't think that Iranian families moving in our block is going to be a bad thing. But for a man like Otto, Yes. It makes sense that he was like grumble,
1: grumble, grumble, right. You know, okay. I don't, but he was grumpy because he was grumpy. He wasn't grumpy because they were Mexican or Iranian because despite him being a curmudgeon, he wasn't a racist. He wasn't transphobic or, you know, uh, homophobic. He was really accepting. And I think that was because of Sonia, if he had been in a different crowd or found, you know, a different, lovely, colorful woman that might not have been his viewpoint right for sure i just think that he i okay i'm sorry the movie had a couple of really good part par-
0: funny moments and one was the brown ups truck and he's very mad at this truck from parking there and he's like you know the white ones don't park here why can't you be more like the white ones? yeah and he's obviously meaning the white FedEx trucks. Yeah. So but then he goes and that's not that's not you know he's trying to back it out because he realizes how it sounds. (laughs) Yeah. Really really good good moment there but yeah he's he's not he does say like their food smells funny you know like they're different. I I, I don't think it would have mattered what kind of different they were. They are just different to him. Different is bad. He's not going to really quibble about the differences between different differences. It just seems
1: like they made a watered down choice to, mm. to change the ethnicity of Pervana and change her into Marisol. And like, I just, yeah, the, the choice of the actress that they chose, all of the casting choices were a little difficult for me, but her specifically just was, it was not per, the Pervana that I had pictured in the book.
0: What I found more interesting about the casting and the change of Pervana is that in the book, Hervana's Iranian. Her husband is Swedish. Yes. In the movie, Marisol is South American and they never say what Tommy is, but he has an accent and he very clearly has the look and flavor of a Hispanic man. Do you know what I mean? So like, even though they don't say, it's kind of implied that this is not a mixed race marriage. And I liked the fact that it was a mixed race marriage. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I thought it made a good point because to me the mixed race marriage of the lanky one, super helpless, like totally a child, mm-hmm. and Parvada, who's like awesome and capable, was mirrored. Just the genders were flipped a little bit with Ove and and Sonia. I don't know. Well, Sonia's the outgoing, friendly type, like all the color right there. Yeah. Right. Okay. She's sweet. Tommy, the lanky one very sweet but you have parvana and ove and they're like the ones who are are you know a little bit more assertive a little bit more like this is the right way the wrong way they're going to be loud they're going to tell you what they what they think when they see something that they don't like etc i think that's why they got along parvana and ove like because he she stood up to him so like having that quote-unquote mixed marriage of this light and dark people's talked in the book they talk about how she was sunshine Sonia was sunshine Mm. and he was the nighttime and he didn't mind you know that was okay it made sense to him of course he didn't mind he got taken care of like that's a whole yeah okay (laughs) yes save that but like you know this relationship was this opposites attract relationship and to have it mirrored across the street different different flavor of opposites attract but when you have the lanky one and oh, pregnant one yeah. is what he calls her before he learns her name. Like they are
1: also the opposites attracting Tommy has helpless and, man and- syndrome and it was frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Indeed. He was definitely a child. And they they played up that more in the movie. They had him playing with the kids. At one point, Amarisol leaves and he looks at the little girls and he goes, OK, the adults are all gone. And you're like, yeah, but you're an adult, right? Like, I OK, you're yeah, supposed I, to be. Yeah, I don't know. He was a little. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you have opinions about the codependency because you just alluded to it. So let's talk
1: about that. I do. So. As I said, I think Ova was really emotionally stunted. You know, we'll give it that, you know, his parents died and he started, he dropped out of school and, you know, he was working the railroad and the guys were kind of mean to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lots, lots of things. But adults get therapy or work through their shit and they become more well rounded, functioning adult people. He went the opposite way, in my opinion, and really was like, not making eye contact, not talking to anybody like a recluse, very rigid. I I mean, I'm not saying autism, but I'm saying like PTSD where you're not able to function in the world that you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he meets Sonia and that's wonderful. And he like, he's like, Oh, the world is worth living again. I, you know, here's this person, but that puts so much responsibility on her and as I reread this this because I don't think I, I was kind of into the just the story the first time I read it the second time I was like this had to have been so hard on her because he was so curmudgeonly so strict about like what he felt was right and wrong that it ostracized her from her friends like people were like how can you be with this guy and it would and In the book, it put a barrier between her and her friends and the fight that she has with Rona ends up costing her her friendship with the neighbor, Rona's wife. You know, when they moved in together, they were like best friends. Mm -hmm. And
0: then then the women weren't
1: allowed to stay friends when the men stopped being friends. Exactly. Because they would just fight and bicker and it wasn't worth the stress of listening to their husband's you know, bitch and moan. Yeah. So they just didn't see each other as often. And basically she was his everything. And the
0: idea that one person fulfills every single need that you have is is just profoundly unfair to both of you. And oh my goodness. Like I'm, I'm so grateful. Both of us have partners who are supportive of the fact that we have other friends and other relationships that fulfill other needs. And and but that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have the friend that you go to who will always cheer you up and the friend you go to when you want to, you know, just fit and the friend you go to who's like, let's drop everything and go to Costco and the friend that you you call because <laughs> she's going to ha- be having it worse than you and like the friend you know what I mean like you have different friends and you have a network and a community and It's really sucky that Sonia didn't decide that he needed that until she was in heaven and could turn herself into a cat. Like, why did none of that happen before? I'm with you. The first time I read this book, I was like, this is great. And the second time I read the book, I'm like, it's still great. But my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He put her on a pedestal, which uh, uh, then you're in an unbalanced relationship, you know, on the get go. And then she is his only outlet. And so that is- so it is so put
0: upon close to being abusive and creepy because when she gets injured and then he has to carry her around because there's no ramps and he physically is moving her from place to place she is now completely reliant on him Mm
1: -hmm. and he's
0: not going to learn and stretch and evolve himself for her his his big thing his big gift you know like his way of supporting her is not just physically moving her from place to place but was like building her more bookcases which is a lovely love Lovely thing lovely I mean on the surface it's very romantic yeah but you know it is keeping her in one place for him and not out there in the world where she obviously wanted to be out
1: in the world and and interacting with other people and it that's yeah yeah I'm looking at my notes for that part and I wrote I feel bad for her having to deal with his grumpiness that's his armor to protect his fragility that armor ends up putting space between her and her other relationships. It's an unbalanced relationship. And I like underlined it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and I'm just thinking, I know both of us have been in relationships with people or parental, you know, whatever relationships where somebody's very authoritarian or like, this is the right way. Mm-hmm. This is the only way. This is how you make coffee. This is right. the way you make coffee. Don't ever, you fucking ever make it different than this. This is how it right. works. And I'm sorry, you guys, that's like, not okay. And that is, that was what was happening here. And so because the book is like fluffy and light, and because we're in his brain and we're very clearly supposed to like be cool with him and see him growing and changing. Right. I feel like this book doesn't um, benefit from a second read. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's definitely a component. And and in the movie, I think they they did the same thing. I think they they showed her during his flashback, they showed her kind of almost talking to him. You know, it was very clear that she was interceding to keep him from committing suicide, which is great. But that just made me sad too. I was like, even beyond the grave, she can't go up and enjoy heaven. Right. She's still taking care
1: of him. And she was programmed to take care of grumpy strict men because who did she grow up with? She was a single parent dad who was just like him. And of course, broken people find other people that they're comfortable with to continue that comfortable behavior. Right. Which again, in the movie, we didn't
0: see any of her backstory. We didn't see her father and et cetera. So it just, but I will say in the movie, he was a little bit more interesting as a young man. He wasn't dynamic by any stretch of the word, but he, he wasn't as awful as a young man. And,
1: and part of that is because they just skipped all of his early life. I think. I mean, they tried to give him a little bit of character and I can understand that because he was so broken in the book in that early portion that I don't know what she saw in him. And that's
0: okay. So I think that this is a change that I think really speaks to that in the book, the way they meet is he falls asleep on the train and he wakes up Mm -hmm. and she's sitting there. So, and then, and then, you know, it goes on from there and whatever he does nothing. She just is like the universe just gives her to him. Right. In the movie, he sees her across the train tracks. She drops a book. He runs down the one track, comes up the other side, picks up the book, gets on the wrong train, going the wrong direction, finds her, gives her back her book, starts a conversation, like sits himself down at, you know, like Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So he is a lot more, less reactive and more active in his own life in the movie, which I think makes him a more likable character from the get-go, actually. I don't think the
1: character would have done that from the book. No,
0: no, I don't think that- ova would have
1: done that but Otto definitely no. did yeah and it, it, yeah. it's a fundamental change well it makes a difference that makes a good question is Otto and ova i mean it's the same story but you could very clearly make a case that they're not the same person yeah they're different i'd agree i'd agree and and their their enemies are different their reasonings are different their
0: motivations are different their trauma is a little mm-hmm. bit different yeah and again, going back to that other change we just spoke about earlier about the choosing to not commit suicide because it would traumatize the young man running the the train. That's that's mm-hmm. a big thing. That's a
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Ova as a character would have liked changes that they made in making auto. Like <laughs> I don't
0: think he well, no.
1: <laughs> he probably wouldn't have liked any of it. <laughs> Where the fuck's Parvana? <laughs> Where's my sob? <laughs> like the sob thing was so like important to Ova's story. The fact that they changed the models to be more American, just like I, I was offended on <laughs> Ova's behalf. <laughs> they don't have sobs here.
0: Of course they do. <laughs> I'm not a car person, but what I was like, okay, this is like a very Swedish car, and it's it's wrapped yeah. up with like cultural significance to this you know that I as just yeah. as a non-car person of marketing so then when they they were gonna make an American I thought oh I wonder what is the most quintessential American car that they're gonna make it I know and so they did so they came up with <laughs> Ford and I was like oh I guess yeah. that makes sense because like Ford's are really American yeah but but ironically Ford doesn't make cars anymore. Right, they only make trucks, and like, so they're not even the car for like the middle class. Like, Ove Auto <laughs> couldn't have a car right now. Like, he had to buy a truck. In the movie, he, he yeah, had that's right. A truck. He couldn't, that's he right. Another Ford car. I
1: remember that, and I remember thinking, since when would he ever buy a truck? Right. The truck was huge, and it, it, yeah. it was a gas guzzler. Like, why would he? Yeah, why would he do that? It's because Ford doesn't make cars. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that did not make sense to me when I was watching the movie. I was like this goes against who he is as as a person. That's why.
0: Yeah, so I feel like sometimes changes happen because they have to happen and sometimes they yeah. happen and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that was that was a good change. Let's see here. Little things like combining the characters of Adrian and Mercad into Malcolm I didn't mind the consolidation because I understand we have to do that. And I guess I didn't mind that Jimmy didn't get to end up with somebody and we didn't get to see that. Fine. But I did mind is that Malcolm is the trans character. That's not what I mind. I'm obviously trans. It's great. But what I minded was that he's out there like throwing... Like these little newspaper, you know, advertisements on people's portraits. Oh, yeah. And Otto, because we're in the American movie, goes out, he picks him, he's like, ah, grumble, grumble, grumble. And Malcolm goes, oh, I recognize you. You're Mr. Anderson. Here, let me exposition dump on you about how the fact that your wife is really nice to me, because I'm trans, by the way. Did I mention (laughs) that I'm trans? Hi, I'm a random trans person who's going to out myself to a stranger, because I recognize you, because your wife, who's dead, was my teacher, and she was nice to me. I'm trans, by the way. And also, like and he's just like word vomits all over and then yeah. he's like don't worry I won't throw these here anymore and I'm like but dude that's your job Your are that's job- illegal right like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and so
1: I felt like that was like so unearned it was just so fast and like it was ugh. definitely squish it in I will say though like my dad was a teacher And when he passed away, a lot of his students came to the funeral and told me stories about my dad. And so, like, not that anybody would recognize me in the wild and be like, hey, that's your dad. But it's nice to know that somebody made an impact when, you know, they're not here any longer. So I did like that part. But the, the vomit of, like... I I wouldn't imagine any of his students would come up to me and be like oh your dad made a big impact on my life by the way I'm super trans and like in this weird situation with my dad and I have to work all these jobs and I'd be like. That's a little too much trauma for me today. I think you can go have that trauma over there. (laughs) It's just a lot to dump
0: on someone who just said, are you a stranger? A total stranger. (laughs) Cannot speak for a trans person as I am not trans, but I find that highly unlikely that you would out yourself without knowing that they are going to be friendly and like safe. And just because someone's spouse is friendly and safe does not mean that that person is friendly and safe just seriously right okay. okay so then then when he shows up because he needs somewhere to stay I'm like that is a big leap from I just it told is. you I'm trans and then a week later I show up at your house right yeah.
1: that is like your dead wife would have been cool with this so uh are you cool too yeah right, <laughs> right. that's a lot that is a lot and then he never moved out he never and moved he's in out. his underwear and yes he he the the gun had
0: just gone off right okay so 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 let's let's say that so this is the big suicide attempt this is like the big one it's been all leading up first there's a hook then there's like a car exhaust then there's a train now it's a fucking gun he's like no more screwing around i'm doing plastic all over the walls dexter style totally in his underwear Because he does, okay, and in the book they explain why he doesn't want to get blood on his suit because he imagines that he'll see Sonya and whatever they bury him in. So he doesn't want to show up to heaven and be gross, right? So, of course, I'm going to die Nick. He's lucky that he doesn't believe that you just end up with like, you know, have you seen that show Ghosts where they basically are wearing whatever they were wearing when they died? He could have ended up in Evan in just his undies. I'm just saying. So here he is in his underwear and he's about to kill himself. And Sonya's like, no, don't. And then the doorbell rings and the gun goes off. Like, yes, it who
1: would stay? Who Who would stay there? You're like,
0: oh, I've just gotten kicked out of my house. I'm going to knock on the stranger's door. Right right after I knock on the door, there's a gunshot. Then he opens the door, holding a gun in his underwear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems like a good place to chill. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, what was that sound? He's like, oh, the radiator or whatever. Like, uh, don't go in the dining room. I'm fixing it. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. No one's buying that.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. It was a little too much. I loved that scene, though, because with the suit and taking the suit off because in the book he's like oh you know i assume in heaven there's going to be like some sort of uniform to avoid confusion and you know he poses there will be all sorts of people foreigners for instance each one wearing a stranger outfit than the next presumably it will be possible to organize your clothes once you get there surely there'll be even some sort of wardrobe department this dude is grumpy as fuck he's ready to leave he had the worst life ever where everybody he loved has died and he still believes in heaven you're right that's so weirdly optimistic (laughs) isn't it it's so yes, exactly. I was like, is that just like
0: the delusion of hope? Because because he would have to think that Sonia is a good person. So she's obviously going to end up in a good place. But why does he think he's going to end up in a good place? Yeah,
1: well, because he does everything right. by the oh, book. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes, yes. And I and I might be super uninformed in this, but I think Thought like the majority of Swedish people are not Christian. I thought they were more agnostic as a people. So to have this person who has lost everything, everyone that he's cared about has died, and he just is like, well, they've all gone to heaven. I'll get there eventually. They must be waiting for me. That seems, but only
0: Sonia. He doesn't talk about missing his dad or his. That's true. Or the baby,
1: because let's not forget,
0: like they was pregnant and the baby died. Like. Yeah. Yeah. All he cares about is Sonia. Yeah. One track mind, man. Yeah. Another thing before we move off of uh, Adrian slash Mursad slash Malcolm. I liked that in the book, he went to talk to Mursad's dad. And like the whole chapter is like, sometimes it's hard to admit when you're wrong. And he goes in and he gets a drink and he like first he fixes the guy's air conditioner or whatever. So the guy kind of owes him and he's like, okay, I'm going to take a drink and we're going to talk. And then the book, we don't see what they say, Mm -hmm. but the relationship between father and son is fixed. right? In the movie, none of that happens at all. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, I, I feel
1: like that was an important part of who he was in the book. Again, different man, very different man. Yeah. Yeah. He went man to man to go set this guy straight i mean but it's kind of like he was a fixer Mm -hmm. he was fixing all the things and this thing was broken so he just went to fix it yep well and also i i couldn't help but think like he lost his own child yeah and so like being able to
0: go to this guy and be like dude you have a kid who's great you don't stop loving them because they're gay that's or you know trans in the the case in the movie Oh, speaking
1: of kids, we should talk about Runa's child. Oh, the non-existent child who moved away? I mean, the thing that I saw about it was that they were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then she lost the baby, right? But Runa's was also a curmudgeon grumpy dude, and his kid grew up and moved away and never came back. Yep. And the unsaid thing about that was, would Ova been a good parent? It's hard to tell because from the antidote from like the guy next door, maybe it wouldn't have turned out so great.
0: Yeah. I don't think that it, the book is asking us to say, well, maybe it's better that his baby died so he didn't have like another kid with a bad dad but i do think that it's pointing out that you can have the best of intentions yeah but generational trauma is generational trauma and like you said broken people etc and that's not saying that all broken people can't ever evolve and change no definitely not saying that but yeah it is like because in both of them by the end he's a great grandpa figure to
1: those other little girls right you know Because you need people. And when he was able to release some of that armor that was holding him back from everybody, he was able to get close to someone. Mm -hmm. And realize that people were caring for him in their own ways from, you know, showing him love him being able to open himself to Parvana and the kids, the Mm -hmm. kids specifically, like that, that's what gives him enough faith in the future to stop. You know, or at least putting bigger gaps between him trying to commit suicide.
0: Yeah, you know, he's his first interrupted by the suicide attempt because they, you know, the neighbors and the they need help, and he's Mister Fix it, etc. But I feel like it really first chink in the armor when he ended up in the hospital because the uh, provana slash Marisol's inky one Tommy husband person fell off the ladder. He's in the hospital, right. so now Otto Ovo. COVID, is sitting in the waiting room with the children, right? And there's this big interaction with the clown. In both- I would
1: have also punched the clown in the face. Just okay. <laughs>
0: in, in both of them, there's a fight with the clown, okay? Yeah. But there's a difference in the reasoning. And I actually, this is one of the changes that I liked in the movie. In the book, he just gets mad at the clown, right? There's not really like an inciting incident. The clown is just bugging him and- and it like says something that he doesn't like and he reacts and then he fights right. the clown. He punches the clown and the children were super enamored. Like they think it's hilarious that he yes. punched the clown. They are like in it. They're like gleeful yeah. when they're telling their mom, they're like, he, he was so funny. And he's like all yeah. grumpy and like, and it kind of goes to the authority thing where like the security guards, the bureaucracy of the hospital is like, you can't be here anymore. You have to go sit over there or whatever. And he's all grumpy. Okay. In the movie, though, it was a better character moment because what happened was he's got this special quarter that Sonia had given to him years and years ago. So it's the special quarter. And the clown's like, give me a quarter and, and I'll make it disappear and then reappear. And, of course, the clown has palmed that quarter and gives him a different quarter. And Otto can tell because it's not pure silver. So he's like, it's the wrong one. I need the right one back. And then he gets right. mad and then he punches the clown. And... OK, because, again, we're all about the Sonia and all about, you know, him holding on to the past. It's very symbolic of this
1: is this past thing. It is an object, but it means something to me and I cannot let it go. It- right. Because remember, on the train, mm-hmm. she was like she gave it back to him, was like, oh, this is lucky. Yeah. And so he kept it forever,
0: forever, of course. And and I think that it it was the thing because in the book we had other things of him not letting go but it wasn't as obvious Mm -hmm. in the movie in the movie it was like the quarter the the coats that she had he'd never taken her coats down from the closet etc and so when he's able to take the coats and box them up when he's able to let some things go it's it's symbolically put there so I thought that the quarter was good the clown was really annoying the clown was the here's trivia the clown was the only one whose name wasn't changed from the book to the to movie. They, oh. they kept his little
1: <laughs> Swedish name for the clown. Oh, funny. So. <laughs> Truman does not look like a young Ova or Otto. Oh,
0: so that was- is interesting. So, okay, audience, the young Otto in the movie, the young Tom Hanks, there's basically three Autos in the movie. There's Tom Hanks, present day old man. Then there's, like, Middle-Aged, which is Tom Hanks with the de-aging filter on the camera, which, depending on your acceptance of CGI and fake-looking people, your biology will vary whether or not you liked it or not. And then there's Young Otto, and Young Otto is played by the real Tom Hanks's real-life son, Truman Hanks. So you'd
1: think, oh, he would look like his dad when he's young, but no. So Otto is supposed to be working a blue collar job. He's supposed to be like working with his body all the time. He's fit. He's buff. Like this is, he is a physical working person, but then they cast Truman. I understand they did it because they wanted someone who looked like Tom Hanks and Truman is not an actor. They just popped him in there, but he's pudgy. Like he's soft. He's not someone who like is working a, physical labor intensive job every day so it's interesting because they took all
0: of that out and i think that i don't know what the decision which direction it went i don't know if they were like we've already decided to take out the whole thing about the railroads and working construction and all of that stuff so this casting makes sense or they cast truman and then they're like oh we better not also have him pretend like he's been working really hard and he's super buff because obviously he's not i don't know which direction it went but i'm with you it doesn't look right No. And also like the fact that he was very fit, like muscles, yeah. like stone. I kind of get why Sonia sat down next to the sleeping hunky guy on the train and was like, let's see what happens when he wakes <laughs> up, you know? Right. <laughs> like, but yeah. it it's a very different vibe when he is Truman, who is a fine looking young man, but he's, I would say he's a little soft around the edges. Yeah. He's not fat. like, no. I'm not, and I'm not fat shaming but he's soft, soft. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I, that casting, I think most of the casting was like very close, but not quite is how
1: I would yeah, put it. I would have casting right? The narrator for the audiobook is who I would have pictured cast instead of Tom Hanks. It's JK Simmons.
0: Oh, I like JK Simmons.
1: Yeah. It would have been a very different movie with him. And I think that while it would have been a little bit darker, it also would have been more accurate.
0: He has a really good grump face.
1: Yes. And his voice was more like what I pictured.
0: Mm-hmm. It's gravelly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. When I was thinking about it later, I was like thinking about the casting and, and like the cinematography of it all. They chose to make all of Tom Hanks clothes bigger. Because the thought process was the clothes would be too big for him because he doesn't have his wife cooking him dinner anymore wow, yeah,
0: I think I think they call that weaponized incompetency nowadays, <laughs> yeah. There is a certain reality to that where yes. people of a certain age, definitely the boomer and older generation, when one, especially the wife, men die after their wives die because no one's taking care of them anymore, right? In the right. age group. That is a known thing. And maybe if he was in his 80s, I would buy it more. But he's only supposed to be like 59. Is he? Yes. Like, oh, he's only supposed to be 59. So Serious, huh? So it doesn't it doesn't quite work for me in the same way cuz I'm like
1: that's no. Yeah. He should I mean still you be can't able eat to sausage and potatoes every freaking day. Yeah. Yeah. Weaponized incompetence is what turned my picture for Tommy. That is yeah. <laughs> he lives by that rule
0: for sure. I did like that in both they have him auto/ slash... ove ove over of law um they they have... <laughs> They have him teaching her how to drive. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was cute. And in both times they, his little pep talk to her is. I liked it. You know, Hey, you've come here from a war torn country. You've survived. You've given birth to two children. You're about to give birth to another. You married an idiot. Like, but you keep him alive. You're good. Every millions of people know how to drive and you're not an idiot. So you can figure this out. Yeah. I liked that. I will say there's, there was a couple moments in the movie where I was like, Oh, they needed an editor. And that was one of them, because he says to her, you've got you came to this country, you got your education, blah, 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 blah. You got your education was one of his things. Right. She'd never mentioned that. And then later on, when he's babysitting, he's in her house and he looks and he sees her degree on the wall. And I was like. He should have seen the degree and then made that speech. Right. right? Like, I feel like right. that was just out of place. They they put it. The other editing mistake that I caught, and I said it both times I was in the theater, was, okay, in the movie, he's going to babysit the girls, the little kids at one point, and they're going to go out for dinner, uh, Marisol and Tommy. Uh-huh. And there's like this whole thing about the alarm. Here's the alarm. Let me write down the code for you. You have to yes. put the code in. And he's like, grumble, 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 because he's like new, you know, fangled bullshit. Right. And like, right. where am I going to go? And then they leave, and then he puts the kids to bed. It's all fine, and then they come home, and nobody fricking touches the alarm. And I was like, that yes. alarm should have gone
1: off. <laughs> yes, and they said, I mean, they ob- it was an obvious joke setup that they never played out. Yes, you know, what was the point okay, of that? Here's all the stuff. And no, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for it to go
0: off when he opened the door for the cat and then him take a hammer to it or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. It could have been something, but it wasn't. So yeah. Grumble. I did like yeah. the fact that he fixed their dishwasher.
1: Yeah. I was in
0: the middle of going through a dishwasher trauma of my own during that time. <laughs> So it it really hit close to home. <laughs> that I was like, I want him to come fix my dishwasher. <laughs> he's like the kind of man that you want to know for when something breaks in your house, but you don't really want to actually have over for dinner because then you'd be awfully bored and sad all night.
1: Well, I mean, he, he kind of makes up that trope of the older guy who knows how to do all the things and ends up being like a handyman of sorts. Like that's, that is the trope that he's running through as yeah. a character. Yeah. Yeah. That nobody younger than 40 knows how to do these things anymore. Gripe, gripe, gripe. That's a whole thing. It is. And I, and I just don't
0: mm. like, I want to say that's not accurate. And that is ageist and grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> um, I want to say all that, but I did have to ask someone for help getting, fixing my dishwasher. Cause we couldn't figure it out, you know? So like, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's just that diff- different things are prioritized now. So the the idea that we should know all these things when they're not being taught anymore, you know, and Ova on the opposite end doesn't know a laptop from a tablet, you know, when he goes through that whole first thing where he's like, I just want the computer to work you know, give me the best computer. And he's like, what What do you want? Like, which one? And he's like, I don't know, you know, so he also had deficits. It was just,
0: it's interesting to me, because the very first chapter of this book, also the the chapter titles of this book tell you yeah. that, that it's silly. They're very goofy titles, and they all have little illustrations. But the first chapter is called A Man Called Ova, buys a computer that is not a computer so you already know it's going to be funny then we have the next chapter three weeks earlier a man called ova makes his neighborhood inspection and then that's basically we start the whole story we have our flashbacks etc right it's only three weeks It's only three weeks. And that to me was like, a lot happens for him in three weeks. It seems really, I I got, I forgot that it was only
1: three weeks until the second time I was reading this book when I was like, wait, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, for someone who is mentally unhealthy to have such a big breakthrough in three short weeks is not sustaining or probably, I mean, it's great, but believable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, mm. (laughs) yeah and sonia had been dead for six months so she waited six months to help him and then helped him all at once in one month
1: (laughs) well i mean the it's so alluded to but not ever really stated that the cat is you know some magical help from yeah magical heaven help so
0: in in the movie before he goes down with the gun he puts the radio on the bed for the cat I know. Okay. In the book, he explains why. In the movie, yes. he d- that doesn't explain it. And I I was like, why is he putting the radio on the bed for the cat? And Melanie, who was sitting next <laughs> to me, was like, so the cat can listen to music. And I was like, that's weird. And then you I know. read the book for the second time because it'd been a yeah. long time. And the real reason is he was like, the cat's asleep. I'm going to go downstairs and kill myself. The big explosion will probably wake the cat up and then it will be scared because it will have heard right. this big sound. So I don't want it to be scared. So I'll put the music on so that it won't, so the cat won't hear the, gu- so the cat won't hear yeah. the, gun. forget my neighbors. Or all if he hear.
1: hears it, if the cat hears it, it'll think it's the radio and not, and, and not a gun worry. Downstairs. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Anyway, la <laughs> So let's talk about, I mean, we've been talking about the book versus the film, but I, again, I think that one of the big differences is like you said, there's kind of two different stories, two different men. Mm-hmm. The book is written in an almost silly way with the chapter titles are very silly. Yes.
1: Because otherwise it would have been romanticizing suicide. It had to have a lighter side to it. And
0: also he's a total asset at the beginning. Yeah. But because we had that beginning first chapter that was goofy about him trying to buy, you know, a laptop. Yeah. And because of the chapter titles,
1: we kind of know. Right. That it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's okay to invest that, in this because he's going to right, change. Yeah.
0: He's going to change. Cause other, and you have to have that buy-in because he is real bad. Mm-hmm. He is not great at the beginning the tone of the book is very light and fluffy. The movie tried for that tone. I don't think it really captured the same feeling because it didn't have the narrator being this third person being a man called Ove does this, a man called Ove does this, you know? Mm -hmm. I did read an interesting review from Kirkus and I don't always like Kirkus, but this is a good quote. It said, the backstory ca- uh, chapters have a simple fable-like quality, while the current day chapters are episodic and at times hysterically funny. In both instances, their narration can veer towards preachy or overly pat, but with the wry descriptions, excellent pacing, and the juxtaposition of Ova's attitude with his deeds and plenty of punch to balance out any pathos. It's all good. Yeah. For me, the best part of the film is when he answers the phone and it's a person, it's a robot roto call and he yells, <laughs> robot, 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 and hangs up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I feel you. Another thing that I read said that the main difference was uh between being nice and being kind. Being a grump but mm. having a heart is different. And I'm not I think that's a little too simplistic. But I I like the differentiation between nice and kind. Kind means like nice is just doing a thing and kind is doing a thing because it'll make someone better, like better for somebody else, I think.
1: Yeah. So he wasn't very nice, but he was kind. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. He always did the morally correct thing, even if he was bitching about it the whole time. We didn't
0: want to romanticize suicide. And so the suicides are very morbidly comedic with their setups. You know, he gets ready and in the book, then something ridiculous would happen and he'd have to go fix a thing or straighten it out. And he never talks about his thoughts to anybody, except that Pravana kind of knows and, and like comes up with ways to distract him in the movie though. It's not ridiculous things always. What is stopping him is clearly Sonia interceding on, you know, on the
1: behalf of putting things in his way. And so that definitely changes. My question was how did Pravana know? And the Because she never saw anything except for how he was reacting. But how he reacted was how he reacted to everything. I think the conclusion I came up to is that maybe because she was from Iran and things were bad there, maybe she saw other men who were cantankerous and upset and had PTSD and were upset and, and she saw them commit suicide. Maybe she saw the same things in Ova. But... I, I mean I'm drawing my own conclusions there.
0: I okay so there's two things. One I think she clued in with the car.
1: Yeah. And that's then true.
0: I think she saw that and then she kind of knew to keep her her you know her antenna went up. The other thing is in the book she says my father died you know? Uh-huh. And so we don't know how he died. Yeah. And, but she definitely bonds to him in a, in a, in a very yeah. specific way in the movie, they make it very clear. Like her daughters are calling him abuelo, like grandpa, like yeah. real fast, real fast. Yeah. But in the, in the book, you know, they definitely connect. And I I think that she was looking for that father figure. And I think, I don't know what, well, how he died, but I think that that was present in her mind. Yeah. Well,
1: in the book, it was fast, too, because, you know, three weeks. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Kids imprint on people real fast like
0: that, though. They do. That is true. Oh, and then we did not stay for the entire credits in either of the times I went to see this movie. But during the end cards, at the very end, they had the suicide hotline, apparently. Oh.
1: At the very, very end, nobody stays for the very, very end unless it's a Marvel movie.
0: I know, which I thought was interesting that I saw that online that that was a thing. And I was like, well, OK,
1: mm-hmm. but I, I mean, but nice, I do. But...
0: I do kind of wonder about having this the suicide thing and treating it kind of lightly. If If you look at it in the book. He can't commit suicide because ridiculous things keep happening. Hijinks. <laughs> right. That makes me real upset as somebody who's lost a person to suicide. Like, why didn't something funny happen for my friend? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's fucked up. That's not fair. Or if you buy it the way it is in the movie, somebody loves you for, and, and in heaven and they're they're helping you out. And that also makes me bad because that's not again, I can't think about it too much because you just kind of have
1: to buy into the premise and not and not think about it. I think they did a good job. Like, yeah, the whole intervention thing that's implied is not great, but they needed to show Oba that there was hope for the future. And so like, and that there was some sort of life outside of his grief. And so by having these interruptions, it was like, Hey, hey, there's still something to do. It gave him a chance to want to move forward to, because he was the only person that could do this thing correctly. So he had to stay around to do it.
0: Doesn't that like though, then imply that people who like are successful with their suicides just don't feel like they matter, you know, like, and if somebody came along at that moment and said, Hey, I need you to fix my plumbing, that then like, they would have been okay. Like, I don't buy that. I feel like, you know, suicide is so much more complicated. Like for Ova. Yeah. He needed to be needed. He was in this codependent relationship and now we didn't have anything to do. He And in the book, he gets fired and it's the next day. He decides the
1: very next day I'm going to commit So And then he's like going to do it that day. Like there's yeah. not a lot of thought put in here. I think that it was a message more to the viewer than to Ova himself. It's saying it, look at this situation. If you're thinking about committing suicide, know that somebody is going to need you. There is life beyond this grief that you're feeling right now. I guess I, that's a very important
0: thing. I don't feel like that was really conveyed in either book or movie. I, I think it was more so in the movie, but I didn't get that message in the book. It was more like, open yourself up to love and you will also get love. I think that's the
1: whole point. The whole point of the book and the movie is there's such thing as found family, the relationships we form are what make up our lives and that there's always a next chapter. So don't close your book too early. Like let your let your story finish out. I I get that that was what it was going for and I and I definitely
0: parts of that make a lot of sense for the book and and the movie. The the found family and you're important and all of that, but I just some aspect of the suicide component. I guess it's because we we didn't get the cathartic moment in the book. He never had a moment where he's like, you know what? I'm gonna stay because this matters, because I can do more here, blah blah blah, because I'm not finished. He never he never said it, and I don't know when it was that he felt it. He kind of has a moment when he's talking to Sonia's grave and he's like, It's gonna be a while because I got more to do. He kind of has it, but not really yeah. in the movie it's it it again, like, and, and maybe I just need things a little spoon fed sometimes, because I think if you're going to be making a bonk, bonk, don't eat lead paint kind of message, then you need to actually <laughs> say bonk, bonk, don't eat lead paint. To me, it, it, it wanted to do all of those things that you just said. And I just don't know if it actually did all those things, or if we're saying, We know what you're trying to do and we like that. So we're going to accept that, that you did it.
1: Yeah. I'm just not sure that he would have had a conscious thought that was like, yeah, things are better. I'm going to stay. Cause I think he was like, you know, he was still curmudgeoning at the end. He was just, he had his family that he could trust and that trusted him. So I'm not sure that there would have been a moment for him where he was like, yeah, I'm not going to commit suicide. It was just like, yeah, I've got shit to do. So I'm going to do it later. And then later never came because you know, his heart gave out his heart. That was too big. His heart (laughs) That was too big. So that's kind of like suicide is still
0: on my to-do list, but it's just further down. I see. I just, I don't like, I don't like, but that's me. I guess I just don't, I I just don't
1: know that he would have ever had, that moment where he was like, Nope, I'm going to play out the rest of my days. Yeah, it just became not something that he was ready to do. I I guess. guess. (laughs) There's too much living to do. There's too much living to do.
0: Okay, I've got a little I got a little uh, trivia here. Frederick Bachman got the inspiration for the book after reading an article about a man named Ova, who had a fit while buying tickets at an art museum. So he instantly, Bachman instantly related to this man as he claims to be not great at talking to people. And he started writing blog posts under the heading, I am a man called Ova, where he wrote about his pet peeves and annoyances. And eventually he realized that this writing had potential to be the creation of an interesting fictional character. I mean, we're all kind of like that, right? I I mean, can you imagine being this man and like having a bad day and like being grumpy right. and then finding out that somebody is writing blog posts, pretending to be like a fictionalized
1: <laughs> version of you and no kidding, ranting about all the things no in their life kidding. that makes them mad. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. But I definitely get mad at, at drivers. I definitely have like side eye for people that, you know, drive a Hyundai. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. You know, there're definitely things where I'm like, man, I can definitely be grouchy and curmudgeony about about stuff too, but not due to like relationship stunting.
0: <laughs> so the film got mixed reviews from critics, which is interesting, interesting, but the real people audiences tend to give it A's. So one of those places where the critics maybe expect more and, and also the swedish film not to get too much into the swedish film but it won a bunch of awards and like was nominated yeah. it was like real so i think maybe the critics that's are that's how anita
1: and tom actually saw the movie because it was an oscar nominee mm-hmm. and so they got it in their envelope you know to check of nominees that they needed to watch and check mm-hmm. out and they loved it and yeah like bought the rights to it oh did you Speaking of mm-hmm. fun tidbits, did you know that, um, Anita had a, she's a songwriter too, on top of being the producer for that film, but she wrote a song for the film.
0: Oh, no, I did yeah. not. Is it the it's song they
1: play mo- multiple times? Yes. Or, ah, okay. I wondered about that song. And that's Tom Hanks's wife. Yes. So it's a family movie all around. Aww. Oh, sweet. Yay. Yay. I don't like Tom Hanks. <laughs> I had to say it at least once during this podcast. He looks like he's walked into a room that has a wet fart and I can't get over his face. I'm sorry. I know he's a nice guy and the nicest guy in Hollywood. And I get that. I've watched the interviews. He seems like a real nice guy, but his face just leaves me feeling underwhelmed. <laughs> the end. The end.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, Cynthia. Yes. Was this book worth your time? Was
1: this movie worth your time? Yes. If you like found family tropes, if you like the grumpy sunshine trope, if you like fiction, it's a good book. I I liked it. I read it twice and enjoyed it both times.
0: I will say if you loved the book, you will like the movie. Yes. And if you liked the movie, you will probably love the book. So the book is better. The book is definitely better. It is, it is just better, but that doesn't yeah. make the movie bad. It just makes it not as no. good. And I like to compare it to like, even not great pizza is still pizza. Amen. So I think, and I should take my own advice is sometimes <laughs> just read it for the fun of reading it and not think about it too much. Because if I yeah. think about it too much, I get real mad about the Sonia stuff. And again, the suicide stuff, Like, but yeah. that's not the point. I get it. It's not the point. And I'm right. bringing my own baggage. So The book set out to do a thing about found family and open your heart and people need you and, you know, you never know. Maybe the the grumpy guy in the store, you know, in line in front of you who's counting out his change and being a complete dillweed (laughs) had a sad life and we should cut him some slack, right? Like maybe that's the real lesson here. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should ask him to uh rotate our tires and then he'll have something good
1: to do with his time and he'll be less grumpy i know it's final thoughts and i shouldn't be adding any more right here but also like (laughs) you can't people can't be an asshole and then just be like well i had a really hard childhood and and expect that to be okay because at some point you have to say, I'm an adult and I can make better choices. Yes. End that trauma and do something better with your life. People can't just make excuses for you all the time because you know you something bad happened.
0: Evolve and change. Evolve and change. Yes. yes.
1: Screw the guy in front of you in line. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <him>, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> okay and that is
0: basically (laughs) our episode on that note (laughs) (laughs) long story long (laughs) so nice to chat with you this was super fun we read this book in book club were you in book club back when we read it okay yes I couldn't remember how long ago it was and this book was pretty much universally liked in book club which is rare Our book club is a diverse group of people with lots of opinions. Yes. And it is rare that there is a book that even the majority, you know, but I think in this case, I don't think anybody didn't like it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody liked it. There's a reason it's a bestseller. Yeah,
1: for sure. Across multiple nations.
0: And, you know, I hope the movie does okay. I I saw it twice in the theater. So there, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did my part, but uh, yeah, no, I... it it was fun. It was fun to read it. And it was fun to read it a second time after Mm -hmm. seeing the movie with you.
1: Yeah. I usually don't read books again very often, but I'm finding that I really get different insight in it when I'm able to read it with a more critical eye. So I was glad to be able to do it.
0: Yeah. No, I'm excited too. I was really glad that you were able to do this with me. And If you would like to send us your thoughts about either of these books, you can email us at pagesandpopcornpodcast at gmail.com. As you know, all of our older episodes of Pages and Popcorn Podcast can be found at kmmamedia.com. Just click on the Pages and Popcorn link. We've got a nice, big, fat back catalog of books and movies for you to listen to. And of course, if you'd like to support The show or any of the other KMMA media shows, you can do that at that same page, KMMAmedia.com. We've got a Patreon for this show. We've got to buy us a coffee, et cetera. But the best way to support us is to like us, to share us, tell your friends to listen. The more listens, the more likely we are to continue to make the show. So there's that. And next month, if everything proceeds as planned, I will be talking about a mysterious book about a mysterious death on a mysterious river so stay tuned for that and that's the end of the show thank you so much Yay! for being here Cynthia. oh my gosh that was
1: really fun Hello. Okay. Hello. Well, you look nice.
0: Okay. You say that because the camera is not telling you the truth. I have hot hair, but it's hidden because I have a headset on. And I'm wearing just a black tank top because it was hot. And then I'm just wearing a sweater because it's cold in my house. And I have lipstick on because I always have lipstick on. So I look nice, but not actually nice. Just (laughs) zoom nice. Although I, I am wearing cute shoes <laughs> oh those are very cute shoes like so, you that I was very cute earlier with my little gray button-up blouse situation and then I went to get my drink and I put the straw into my soda so I can drink it carefully around this microphone and I oh, put the straw yeah, in and it went and then a bunch of sparkle ice caffeine drink went all over oh. my button-up so I had to Bummer. change anyways this is the quality content people
1: tune in for. The short answer would have been, thank you. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> you're right. I,
0: you know what? Let's try that again. Hi, Cynthia. Hi,
1: you look so nice. Oh, thank you. You look great too. <laughs> in my pajamas. Oh. Uh,
0: the short answer would have been, thank you. Thank I, you. <laughs> you know, I love you. I think you look beautiful <laughs> all the
1: time. Ah, so sweet.